Hey, aloha, this is Jeff Reinbold. Welcome to number 87, the 87th edition of Coffee with Coach. And we are excited because it's obviously the uh, championship round of the playoffs. And we have had the Chiefs represented. And we also have had the 49er faithful represented. But tonight, we're going to get the Rams and we're going to get our next guest, who is a member of who day uk the cincinnati bengal fan club in the united in the united kingdom so uh, michael is jamie around jamie's around i'm just a uh, uh, contractually obliged to say jeff that you'll be in dublin next weekend and all the information is on your twitter page the location will be decided very soon it should be good crack next saturday afternoon in dublin and maybe the bengals at that point will be in the super bowl uh, yeah here, here's jamie looking forward to hearing massive weekend for these guys uh, here he is Jamie, welcome to the show. Let's talk a little bit of Who Day Nation right now. You are one game away from the promised land, brother. One game away. Yeah, it's crazy, Jeff. It really is crazy. Um, never would I have believed at any point kind of before maybe the, the last couple of weeks of December that this was something that was going to be a possibility. Obviously, I, I, I showed up in your uh, stream um, back in the summer, and I was talking about how it's going to be a fun year, but I never thought it would be a fun year that went in sort of as far as, as this far into January. You know, it's amazing because every year people ask about, okay, who do you see as the, the worst to first team this year? And obviously the Bengals had the capability of making that happen because they were the worst team in their division last year. But I don't think you could have found 10 people that would have said they are going to go, first of all, win the AFC North, and then second of all, beat the Raiders, and then go on the road and beat the number one seed Tennessee Titans. And now you're 60 minutes in Arrowhead from maybe the greatest Cinderella story in NFL history. Yeah, um, I mean, you say it's sixty minutes in Arrowhead, so it's going to it's going to be a heck of a challenge on on Sunday. But if there's any Bengals team that has the capability of doing it in maybe the last twenty years, it's this one. And and you know the the pieces were all there. It was just how how it all came together. You know the the fact that obviously you went from worst to first is a tremendous thing, and then. You think about this is an organization that's been to a Super Bowl, right? It has been to the playoffs before. Uh, it had a little bit of success under Sam Weish, you know, back in the day, but had never won a road playoff game. Not one yeah. their entire history. You know, everybody talked about Matt Stafford never winning a playoff game. They had never won a road playoff game in their history, the Cincinnati Bengals. And you couldn't have picked a much tougher opponent who to go into their house and beat the Titans last week. What was the consensus of Bengal Nation, you know, after after that game? Yeah, I mean, obviously, um, winning this far into to January is is kind of a new experience. So, I mean, the first thing was was the the great joy of getting the job done um, on on Sunday evening. Um, you know, it was a tight game. It was an exciting game. Um, that comes with the territory with, with this team. 
Um, they tend to be winning kind of uh, squeakers at the end, um, unless they're playing the Ravens or the Steelers. Um, and, you know, it, it's it was getting through the initial stage of going, I mean, God, this has happened. Uh, and then thinking we're playing Kansas City, City or Buffalo and you sat there watching that Kansas City-Buffalo playoff game and both teams are, are just knocking 10 bells out of each other. And it's it's kind of looking at them and going, we have to beat one of these. Can we do it? Well, I mean, we've already beaten Kansas City four weeks ago. Um, it's possible. It's going to be hard, but it's, 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 it's entirely possible. And, and, you know, you're going to be sat there on Sunday, 60 minutes away from a Super Bowl. And you've just got to enjoy it, man. Well, members of the tribe out there, if you've got a question, a rant, a talk, anything you want uh, with Jamie about the Houday Nation, and uh, if you're a Bengals fan who's unattached right now in the UK, you got to get in with these guys because they are really, really these aren't these aren't phony fans. These aren't you know fair weather fans. These are Bengal fans that have been loyal Bengal fans for a long, long time. Seen a lot of tough tough years and a lot of disappointment in their in their fandom but now man oh man oh man and you know what that jamie what's so amazing to me is that how one player right one player can effectively change an entire culture in an organization and i'm talking about joe burrow and his demeanor his leadership by example, his toughness, his competitive nature, all of those things. And I've, and I've said this, like Cincinnati was a place where even guys from Cincinnati didn't want to go play at, right? I mean, you they very rarely, unless the guy had some problem, got free agents, right? And if they did, they had to really overpay for them. Well, this past offseason, you see Mike Hilton come over from the Steelers. You know, you see Trey Hendrickson come in from New Orleans, you know, maybe the best defense in football to come to Cincinnati. That's never happened in Bengal history. Yeah, and, and when they went to Trey Hendrickson and asked him why he came to Cincinnati, he just said Joe Burrow's there. And as long as Joe Burrow... Um, is on the team, they have a chance at, at making a run. Now, obviously, he came um, at, during during the off-season we just had um, where there were quite a lot of questions open and um, obviously they, they'd not had a winning season in, in quite some time. Um, so, you know, we're looking into next off-season and now we've actually kind of been there and done it in terms of getting playoff wins and going on a deep playoff run. There's going to be more people who are interested in, in coming to Cincinnati. And, you know, that's only a good thing. Obviously, there are still major holes on this team. And, I mean, you can still be 60 minutes away from a Super Bowl and have major holes on your team. But the future is is very much bright for, for this organization um, because they have the ability to attract these players now. You know, it's interesting. I, I did a breakdown for the NFL Overtime Show uh, that will air tonight uh, on Sky Sports NFL. And they asked me to take a look at Jamar Chase. And one of the things I talked about with Jamar Chase is 
Last year at this time, the Bengals were trying to make a decision about who to take. And the, the football logic said, take Panay Sewell, a generational tackle. You, you know, he can play for and protect Joe Burrow for years and years and years to come. But Joe Burrow said, uh-uh, give me Jamar Chase. And thank goodness for the Bengal Nation that the, the organization listened to their quarterback because Jamar Chase is a, I mean, he's a rare, rare dude. Yeah, and it, it very nearly didn't happen. They were um, they were in on Kenny Galladay for quite a lot of free agency, who who ended up going to the Giants and kind of fizzling out there. Um, but he was going to be a big free agent wide receiver signing, and I think that if they had brought Galladay in, it would have been Sewell um, being taken at at five um, during the draft. So it's a it's a major kind of. Uh, sliding doors moment with with some of these decisions in in the off season. I mean, obviously, Jamar Chase is is ridiculous. Um, I mean, I, I didn't even think that he'd reach this level. I thought, you know, he he's going to be a good deep threat. He's going to be um, kind of a guy to to stretch things out and allow um, other receivers to to get open underneath. But Jamar Chase can he's is that guy who can take a five yard pass and turn it into a seventy yard touchdown. Um, he can. You know, he, he had the touchdown against Baltimore where he caught it with three defenders around him and just put them all on the backsides. And <laughs> it's kind of ridiculous and exciting watching him play. Um, it's the thing I think that has taken us over the hump more than anything else is getting chased into this offense. I mean, it, it, if, um, if it was just Burrow and it was Burrow and, you know, Boyd and Higgins and, and someone else, that would have been a good offense. That would have been um, a, a team that that would have scored scored touchdowns and and kind of racked up um, production. But Chase is such an X factor. Um, he's he's an absolute superstar, and hopefully we see him for for quite some time um, in stripes. Hey, when, what did you feel like when you watched the game and you saw like? Bengal fans overtaken Nashville and the shots from the bars around the country where Bengal fans were, I mean, everybody's wearing the striped jerseys. Everybody's got black and orange on. I, I was more black and orange than I've seen since, since Halloween. And I mean, it was amazing for, a, for an organization that's really been under the, you know, kind of under the wire for such a long time. It's kind of cool to see, I thought it was anyway. It's kind of cool to see them get up and, and uh, you know, throw their swag out there. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's great to see. Um, we've had experience as Bengals fans of of having Paul Brown Stadium taken over by opposing teams. You know, it's going to be the likes of, of Pittsburgh and Green Bay will just bring tons and tons of fans over and, and kind of make, make a stadium mix 50-50. But for for the shoe to be on the other foot finally for once um and for it to be the case that that happens in a divisional round playoff game the, there's just this this feeling of pride around the team um that's kind of unmatched um certainly in my time as a Bengals fan I I've been a, a fan for going on 20 years um it's it's kind of extraordinary um place to be it, it, you know that there's such a connect between the fan base and the team 
and and even the front office and and the front office you know has traditionally been suspicious of the fan base and and I think kind of vice versa. But everyone's on board. Everyone's getting involved. Um, it's it's a brilliant place to be. All right, let's. You do my job, and I want you to okay. preview. I want you to preview this game from a Who Day Nation standpoint. All right. Um, so, obviously, four weeks ago, the Bengals and the Chiefs played in Paul Brown Stadium. Um, that was a, a game which went right down to the wire. Um, you had Zach Taylor going for it on fourth down um, from the two-yard line because he didn't want to let Pat Mahomes have the ball with a minute left. Um, I mean, I'm going off last week. I think that's quite wise now. Um, the Bengals managed to, to squeak it out. They got the last second field goal. They won it. They can go toe-to-toe with Kansas City. Obviously, Arrowhead is a very difficult environment. Um you know, you're taking on Patrick Mahomes and and his kind of litany of weapons and, and Travis Kelsey. Um, you know, the Bengals have traditionally had had problems covering tight ends, um, so he does scare you a bit. But you've got weapons as well, and you're going back four weeks and, and Burrow threw for 446 yards against the Chiefs. Jamar Chase got 260 odd receiving. There's there's signs that you know that we can hang with these guys and we we can put it up and it's going to take fair water and fair winds um, but it may well go our way on Sunday. All right, how are you going to protect your quarterback? I mean, <laughs> now obviously, obviously the Chiefs don't have the same horses up front that Tennessee did, but you know when you look at Melvin Ingram and you look at Frank Clark and you look at Chris Jones, you're looking at three really good pass rushers. Yeah. Chris Jones is the one I, I'm, I'm really scared of. He, he's uh he's an absolute monster. Um, and I, I think first, I mean, the first thing they need to do is, is review the line that, that was there last week. I've got a lot of time for Hakeem at energy. I don't think he should be starting in a playoff game and they should be looking to, to see if there's someone else who can play right guard. Um, most of the problems that happened last week either came through him or were as a result of kind of coverage sacks or Burrow just not making a quick enough decision. Um, I'd quite like to see Jackson Carmen come in for Adenergy. I don't know if he'll be better, but it was just someone different and it's someone who's kind of less scarred by what happened last week. In terms of actually protecting Bro, I think they need to, to scheme it out a bit. Um, I think they need to give him more empty looks. Um, they need to, to get that defense spread out a bit just so that there's more chance of something good happening on offense. Obviously, conceding nine sacks and still winning is kind of a good thing because you've managed to overcome a great hurdle, um, but you definitely don't want to see it again. Mike, if, if there are questions at all for Jamie or discussion points out there, just put them up because we'll hit them. I want to ask him another question before we go to questions. Defensively, now you're much improved and I think really pretty underrated, right? But the fact remains you're playing one of the most dynamic offenses 
in really in the history of the National Football League with Mahomes, Kelsey, and that track team that they have of wide receivers. And then you've got, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and, I mean, Jarek McKinnon. I mean, there's no end to it almost. Yeah, and it is going to be difficult. And you may kind of get tempted into um, into thinking that, you know, we're going to have to just try and outscore them. We're going to have to just try and kind of, it's going to be bringing touchdowns to a touchdown fight instead of um, just sort of kicking a field goal and and, and hoping against hope. Um, I look to, again, I looked at that game four weeks ago. The the Chiefs came out of the traps in that game. They, they were 14 nothing up sort of halfway through the first quarter. And then the Bengals started to make adjustments on defence. They took away Tyreek Hill. Um, it was the other guy, and I, I, I confess I, I can't remember his, his name, um, who, who was um, causing us more issues than, than Hill. And, you know, that maybe there is a way of, if you're not stopping um, sort of the, the, the Chiefs' offense, you can take away some of the things that they're doing and you can force Patrick Mahomes to, to make throws to, to some of the sort of lesser favored targets in that offense. Well, it's going to be an interesting one to watch. What are you guys doing as a, as a fan club? Do you have a watch party going or what? If I'm a Bengal fan, how can I get with other Bengal fans to watch this thing? So, yeah, we've got, um, we've got two fan uh, meetups going. Um, the first one, well, I'll say the first one, they're both happening at the same time. Um, the, there's one in London um, that's at the Cincinnati Chili Bomb restaurant in Shoreditch um, where they do Cincinnati chili and beer. Um, so get yourself down to that. Um, and also there's a meetup at the Brotherhood uh, in Manchester, which is just behind Central Library in Manchester. Get yourselves down to that if you're able to. Um, we've been given a table in, in the Brotherhood. I, I don't know if it's going to be enough um, space for people if we get a run on it. But hey, um, you know, let's, let's give it a go. Um, it's going to be a fun night. Jamie, I think it's going to be a great football game and, and certainly something that Bengal fans have waited an awful long time for. I hope you guys enjoy it. And, you know, I hope your team plays extremely well. I, I think this could be the start of something really, really good in Cincinnati because you look at your division, right? And you look at your division, Pittsburgh's going to take a step back now. You know, Cleveland's a little bit of an anomaly. We don't know what Baker's his you know situation is. And certainly the Ravens did not have the kind of year they anticipated they were going to have. So this might be a change in the guard in the AFC North. And as long as you got that guy named Joe Burrow, you got a chance, buddy. You got to hope so. And, and, you know, if this is the team as it is kind of imperfect, I, I want to see what the team is next year when they've had a chance to, to retool some of that offensive line and and maybe kind of bring in a few more defensive pieces for, for a, a more effective pass rush. I, I think the sky's the limit here, um, which is it's, it's weird optimism, and, and you wouldn't have got this from me probably sort of four or five months back. But, yeah, this, this team is, is really good. Well, it was great to talk to you in the summer, and it's even better talking to you now. And, uh, you know, you got a little bit of that, that Bengal swag about you right now, too. So I think that's that's the Joe Burrow effect has come all the way across the ocean in the in the 
Hooday UK. And, and Jamie, thank you so much again for coming on the show. Thank you, Jeff Mahalo. All right, man. Take care. All right. Where's Michael? Get out of here, Mike. How about I'm that? Here. I tell you what, they are ready to, they're ready. I'm telling you, Hooday Nation is not running scared. I have to say as well, I remember watching the game, a Bengals game with Bengals UK. Uh, Jamie was there as well, I think. He was in Manchester in 2016. And it was just after my team won the Super Bowl. And let me say this, great guys, the genuinely nice lads as well. They're, they're all fantastic. And also, uh, they've been through a lot the last few years. They have went from the depths of despair to, to one game away. And yeah, just just uh, for anyone that you know is maybe a, a neutral this weekend or trying to get into the game or whatever, there you go. Um, London and Manchester. Um, also, if you're in, in, in Dublin, the Woolshed in Dublin showing the game. Um, I know it's not an official Bengals UK party, but there's loads of stuff there. So um, if anybody wants to get involved, there it is, Jeff. But uh, Jamie's a cool guy. He's he's very sound, and uh, I'm sure he'll be very excited come Sunday, I think. If you had him on on Sunday morning, he'd be very nervous. <laughs> I think so. I think the whole <laughs> Bengals nation is going to be excited on Sunday. Um, what's your take on that thing? You know, How do you see it, Mike? I mean, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm obviously a Broncos fan, so taking that hat off me for a start, um, I was sitting with one, was it one thirteen to go? Not even for, with 13 seconds to go um, on last weekend, and, and I'll, I'll openly admit I thought Kansas City were dead, dead and buried, in fact. I thought, you can't come back from that. And I know there wasn't, it wasn't just Mahomes, and there was various other factors, maybe that Buffalo defense, but like, look, what happened in Kansas City last week was incredible. That game was sensational. But I see, I see all the same, Jeff. And I still haven't made a pick for this game yet. The Bengals went into the number one seed in Tennessee and beat them. And you were sitting in that studio watching them. I, I don't know. It's not over that's over. Granted, they're going into no, a very, very difficult situation. Playing. But, yeah. They're playing with house money. And I've been around teams like this that, Nobody else gives them credit. Nobody else thinks they can win. They like each other. They, they, you can see it in them. You know, you can see it in the way that they play. And they're not afraid. They don't play afraid at all. Joe Burrow doesn't play afraid at all. You know, Lou Anarumo, the defensive coordinator, doesn't coach afraid. Zach Taylor doesn't coach afraid. I, I, I'm telling you, they're going to give, I really truly believe they're going to give Kansas City all they want. And, you know, can they, are they good enough to win? Well, you know, if you just go by the by paper, you know, no. But the game's not played on paper. You know, we all know <laughs> that. We've seen it happen too many times. We've got some uh, comments here, Jeff. Just before Hannah, I think uh, Hannah Wilkes is going to come in a few out, minutes, hopefully. Uh, right, so we've got loads. Let me go from the start here. So I put a few quotes out saying, you know, who do people think could get to the Super Bowl after this weekend? Also, their thoughts on this game that Jamie was talking about. So we'll start from there. Um, Spooey D, who is a Bengals fan in England, is saying. He recognizes that fella from somewhere. He was tagging Who Day UK. Um, let's see here. So Steve in the UK, I was trying to put it as a comment, but it wouldn't fit. Kansas City will win the AFC. Mahomes continuing his unstoppable form, although Burrow will put up a fight. The Rams will finally get a win over the 49ers. Chiefs and Rams Super Bowl. Uh, Buster Gunad, who is in, uh, I think he's in the UK, says, my thoughts are no, Jeff, not in the month of Sundays. And that was a tweet that said, could the Chiefs uh, lose to the Bengals? <laughs> Ed Freeman. Who is in? Well, he's 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 a dub. He's a dub from Ireland. Uh, how good a coach is Kyle Shanahan to develop a game plan that gets the most from his offense without asking Garoppolo to do much? That's going to be intriguing at the weekend because they're like yeah. Jesus, Jeff. It's almost a home game for them this weekend. It's going to be crazy. 
Yep. And, it, okay. and you know what? It Wasn't it interesting to see uh, Matthew Stafford's wife encouraging fans not to give up their tickets because they have that, that like you can sell your tickets online. Right. And she was encouraging fans in Los Angeles to not sell their tickets to anybody that has the postal code from Northern California, because <laughs> they don't want the same thing that happened the last time where the Niner nation comes down there and, and the faithful take over the thing. And there was more red than there was blue in the stadium last time. They played. It was crazy though. And for the size of that stadium and for the amount of red, it was nuts. Uh, very quickly, because I seen someone commented on it earlier on. Uh, one of your guys from Hamilton, your, your old team, uh, Nikola Kalinich has signed with the Colts today. I'm not sure if you've seen that. Yeah, he signed with the Colts yeah. a futures contract. That's fantastic. Uh, there's a few comments there about that there this morning. You're on the Owner Center podcast later on. You're on Sky Sports at nine o'clock. Uh, and in terms of that, there, uh, one more question before we do get Hannah on here uh, from Paul in the UK with Hackett to the Broncos. Do you think Rogers follows? Obviously, I'm being biased by asking that question. But do you think that could happen? I, I was shocked today when I seen that. Well, I, I'm not shocked that, that that Hackett went there. As a matter of fact, I called that one last week. The thing that's interesting now, he wants to take the offensive line coach away from Green Bay. He's, he's asked permission to take the line coach from Green Bay, and that would be a huge loss for the Packers because that guy's really good. And, you know, this is going to start feeding that speculation machine because Hackett is a guy Rodgers knows. They get the line coach, then all of a sudden you start saying, okay, imagine if you had Aaron Rodgers throw in to that bunch of receivers that he's got in Denver, right? Because, you know, the reality of it is if the if the Broncos had any kind of offense, they probably would have been a playoff team this year because they play great defense and the, and the, the window is still open for them, but they've got to find the quarterback. So do a number of teams in the league. So do Indianapolis. So do Pittsburgh. So do a number of teams. So this speculation game we're going to play is going to run rampant in the offseason. I'm on mute. Uh, Fred, Fred Flunk saying evening. Hi, Fred. And we'll get to more comments later on. Yeah, imagine uh, Derek Carr, um, Justin Herbert, Patrick Mahomes, and Aaron Rodgers. And I'll leave it at that there. Do you want to Do you want to bring on our next guest, Jeff? Maybe introduce our next guest? I, I will bring on our next guest. But before we go to our next guest, I want to encourage everybody in Ireland it, to join us next week. Uh, we're going to spend some time together. We're going to we're going to put on a clinic for the coaches and players in Ireland. If you're interested as a fan, you're more than welcome to come. We'll have a meet and greet afterwards. We'll get a chance to, to get to know one another a little bit, talk a little football. Uh, it's a fundraiser that we're doing for uh, football in Ireland through the Federation, the Irish Federation and uh, the Irish NFL show have been instrumental in making this happen. So if you're in uh, Dublin, if you're on the Emerald Isle, certainly make sure you come down and spend a couple hours with us uh, on Saturday. It should be good fun. Jeff is going to be hounded at Dublin airport next Saturday. Evening. I'm joking. Anyway, Jeff, uh, <laughs> By the custom Yeah, well, no, no. You, you, it's, it's a common travel area. You'll be fine. Don't worry. It's all good. Believe me, it's all good. Uh, do you want to yeah, bring, our next guest? bring on our next guest? Because our, our next guest is, is one of my favorites. Um, you know, I enjoy coming over here and doing the games on Sky. It's always a blast. But probably just as big a thrill is a show that Hannah Wilkes stars in, along with Josh Denzel, 
the NFL Overtime Show, uh, which started last year. It's in its second season, and it's gotten bigger and bigger and bigger. The two first ladies of football, uh, Hannah and Kay Adams, uh, have a little segment, and I really, I really think it's a great, great show for not only for new fans, but for all fans of the National Football League. So this is our guest. She is a devout, and I mean devout Rams fan, Hannah, welcome to the show. Josh, so good to see you. It's been, what, all of three hours? Um, yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm excited to, to be back because me and Josh came on for a little bit for a little while last year. So I'm very excited to have been asked back when the Rams are in an NFC Conference Championship game. Well, I do not know of a bigger Rams fan than you in all the UK. So I said, <laughs> we got to get Hannah on and give us a Rams perspective on this whole thing because We've had we've had all three of the, uh, of the other teams. Cincinnati was on tonight. We've had Kansas City, and uh, and you know it's exciting to think that you guys and San Francisco are going to hook it up one more time for our, the right to go to the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's exciting. It's nerve wracking. There's, there's that thing, isn't there, as well? It's like, you know, this time last year, we were all talking about how were we going to see the first home Super Bowl ever? And, you know, a year later, we're like, well, the Rams are within 60 minutes of giving us the second one after we've waited forever, the, the entirety of Super Bowl history. These home Super Bowls could be like buses. Um, the, the, the 49ers scare me. Um, I don't think anyone wanted to meet them in the playoffs and the Rams only have themselves to blame for the fact that they're meeting them in the playoffs. Although you think 49ers or go to Lambeau, I mean, you know, really pick your poison. It says so much to, to the standard this year. Um, so yeah, not the team you'd want to meet the Rams 0 and 6 or 6 and 0, depending on which side you're, you're on. And when it comes to the 49ers is looming large. I think you said it earlier when we were recording overtime. It might have been off air. Like you don't, it just seven. Like seven's so so hard to beat someone seven times in a row. And I'm pretty sure none of those six games were playoff games. So it's a very different kettle of fish, I think. All right. Give me and our viewers and fans just a little peek into Hannah's world as you're up 24 to 3, and all of a sudden. TB12 starts to pick away and pick away and pick away. So it was not a pleasant viewing experience, as you can imagine. And Jeff, <laughs> if you are a British sports fan, particularly from England, if you support England in any sporting endeavour, you've kind of been schooled for disappointment. It doesn't matter what team I'm watching. So I grew up watching the Northampton Saints play a lot of rugby. I watched them lose a lot of semifinals. I watched them lose a lot of finals. I've seen them win two things in the best part of 30 years. Look what England football, you know, the three lines into us in the summer, in the final of the Euros, disappointment. We had it in the Rugby World Cup a couple of years ago. We are schooled for disappointment. So I was watching that first half and I was thinking, yeah, this is good. We're playing really, really well here. This this team could win a Super Bowl, hands down. Playing like this, they can beat anyone. But, but, you know what? When they were zooming in on Tom Brady with that bloody lip, I was like, he's so banged up. And I was like, nothing scary. Only thing scarier than playoff Tom Brady is pissed off playoff Tom Brady. And I was like, <laughs> you can tell that guy's thinking, I'm being made to look a fool here and I'm not okay with it. So yeah, the third quarter was up there with one of the most stressful viewing experiences of my life. I have a group chat 
with um, some of the brilliant women in the NFL in UK from her huddle that I do the podcast for the NFL UK with. We have a, a group chat. Two of us are Rams fans. The other two had joined the Ramily for the night um, and it was tense. And they were like, you guys have got this. I was like, no, you can't say that. You can't. It's Tom Brady. It's January playoff football. And the Rams <laughs> will find a way to make this unenjoyable. And they did. I've never seen a Rams team fumble so much. Botch snaps like they did i mean it was it was a textbook of a team going out of their way to find a way to lose whereas usually you want to find a way to win um so the final two minutes as well so stressful and there were a couple of plays it's all a bit of a blur by this point but it was like interception and give them we get the ball we give it straight back to them and it was just like it's gonna be whoever has the ball in their hands when this game finishes um, i'm thrilled it didn't go to overtime because I couldn't take any more, quite frankly. Um, but the way that Matthew Stafford orchestrated that final drive to set up the field goal for Matt Gay, who I trust implicitly. I'm like, if Matt Gay's kicking the ball, we're going to be fine. Uh, that says so much. I think that says more about the team, that they could rally and do that and get it done, than all the fumbles and getting in their own way. Because that that can be cleaned up. That's, you know, focus for one. I think we've got a real problem with focus in the third quarter of games. It's focusing... It's just looking after that football. It's being sensible. Like when you go to the ground, just keep hold of that football. That Cam Akers fumble, you know, if he'd held on that ball for like a, a half a second longer, it would have just been an incompletion. So, you know, it was stressful. But we got them. So now you, the Niners and the Rams are ancient rivals, historic rivals. And do you think that, Shanahan is in McVay's head. Yes. But I do think this Sunday will be different. I think we saw it right. We saw it with Tampa Bay last year. They lost to the Saints twice in the regular season. Played the Saints in the playoffs. There was no way they were going to lose to them a third time in one season. Um, I think I think Shanahan has a really good read on Sean McVay. So I think it's just I kind of wish I could be a fly on the wall of Sean McVay's office this week because it's just it's it's down to him to just be smart to plan like game plan a way around what he knows the 49ers are going to bring that physical football they're going to be running the ball they're not going to be re relying on Jimmy G all that much and defensively they're going to be up there they're going to be getting to staff but you know they are a physical team they are they have like a never say die attitude which makes them a very scary prospect but I think if he game plans and schemes it well, and we know he's capable of that, then I think that'll be the difference. And I think as well, he's got to have the ability to adapt because when they lost to the 49ers in week 18, it was because they didn't make any adjust adjustments. They started so well, set, beginning of the second half, 49ers came out firing and it was almost like, like oh, we've built a big lead. We're just going to sit back and coast this one out. And I think that's why he sometimes frustrates me as a coach is that I don't think he makes the adjustments on the go quick enough. I think he keeps sticking to what he what what has worked, so that's what he needs to do. Um, but I, I think he has to put all that aside. That what happened in the regular season it has absolutely no bearing on this game. Now it's very different, even though it's three weeks. You know, two two of the big stars that the Rams brought in this year during the season have really really played well in the last few weeks. Uh, you know. OBJ has 
been it looks like he's the OBJ we saw with the Giants early in his career before he went to Cleveland. And Vaughn Miller has five, I think seven sacks, excuse me, in five games. I mean, he's back to being that that incredible force off the edge. So those two guys factor in around some phenomenal players. Matthew Stafford, you know, Aaron Donald, Floyd. I mean, Higby. I mean, they have great talent on that football team. I just can't, for the life of me, understand how San Francisco has beaten those guys six straight times. Right. I think that's the head scratcher. And I think it is mind boggling and it's something that I struggle to make sense of. But I, I think it's the physicality. I think that defensive front are so physical in a way that the Rams O-line isn't necessarily like, you know, they don't move the line of scrimmage on offensive plays. They just block. So if they come up against a defense that will really push them. I think it's just they're, just they're designed for a different type of play. That O-line was designed with Jared Goff in mind, right? Giving him plenty of time to, to do the play action and all the rest of it. So it's, I think there is partly where the 49ers have been able to, to win this battle. And then, I mean, you saw flashes of it in the Bucks game. Our run defense is not good. Pass rush, great. Run defense, poor. I was screaming at that TV every time Leonard Fournette had the ball. Thankfully, he only had, you know, 50 yards and a touchdown. But <laughs> just the one. Um, but, you know, there's missed tackles. They're going for his ankles and they're just not getting him down. And it, that is where I think the 49ers have the edge because you look at their run game with Elijah Mitchell. You look at how they use Debo Samuel as a wide receiver running back one. Like, he's a complete multi-hyphenate. I think that's where it is. I think... We've got great skills and we've got a great defense in certain spots. But I don't think, again, it comes back to the, the adapting thing. I don't think we've got the, the run coverage that we have like against the pass. Um, and, you know, offensively, we can put points up on the board against the 49ers. We proved that in week 18. That doesn't worry me. And I think the way this offense is firing at the moment, and I think we talked about that game because in the 49ers game week 18, like OBJ wasn't finishing his routes. He wasn't quite the player he's been the last couple of weeks. Now, I don't know what changed from week 18 to wildcard weekend. Maybe it's just being on the biggest stage. But he's been a different player the last couple of weeks. So I think offensively, we've got the firepower that based on how the 49ers played against the Packers, they maybe don't actually have that all-out offense. I think it's going to be interesting to see. Fans, if you want to get a question to Hannah or you got a comment about the Rams 49er game and and, and yes 49er faithful you are eligible you can you just can be nice okay you. I got so much abuse from 49ers fans on Twitter immediately on Sunday I was like oh save it <laughs> so so Hannah let's talk about Matthew Stafford because he's such a great story a guy who was the first player picked in the draft and he goes to Detroit and he's just his skill and his ability has really got buried underneath a garbage pile of losses. And, you know, the guys, the guys had 46 comeback wins as an NFL quarterback. That's a phenomenal number. I think, you know, there's been so much talk going into even wildcard weekend. There was a lot of, it's all on Matthew Stafford. The pressure's never been higher. He's never won a playoff game. If he goes out wildcard weekend, well, you know, the Rams got to a Super Bowl with Jared Goff. And, and all that is true. And I think that ignores that fact that he is a guy that is that got that huge gunslinging arm. Yes. But 
he's been in these positions before. It doesn't really matter what's at stake. It's that focus and that experience of when a game is on the line, how do you handle it? And we saw that on Sunday. And I think I was actually listening to uh, um, a podcast on my way back from Sky today. And, some, and it was um, Aaron Andrews and Carissa Thompson. Great podcast, by the way, leading ladies of the NFL. Um, and one of them, they've both got really good relationships with Matthew Stafford and his wife. And just being in and around the Rams, they were saying that, you know, when he spiked the ball to set up that field goal and there's like great images of him. It was, in fact, no, this is only around the NFL podcast. I listened to too many. I'm getting my stories confused. But it was Matthew Stafford going into like a dark place, like a different place when he's in those positions. Like, you know, he's a very likable guy. He seems, you know, genuine, warm, open. But in those positions, the focus locks in, the cloud comes down and he just gets in this other level of his own. And I think that's what's maybe overlooked because he's never been in the position before where, we, where it's really been needed, never really been do or die. And I think, you know, on Sunday, it's a year anniversary of his well-fated trip to Carbo, where he, by designer accident, ran into Sean McVay. Um, so yeah, it's been a it's been a wild year since he became a Ram, because it'll be what, a year next week that, that all that all happened quite suddenly. Um so yeah, I mean, look, there have been times this season when he throws those big interceptions and he gets in his own way, but those usually come when he's feeling quite confident. You know, he's kind of like getting into it a little bit. And that was the fear on Sunday. It's like, okay, everything's going quite well here. So Matthew, just look, look after the ball. <laughs> just just be careful with it, please. <laughs> and he was, I mean, there was one point in this season, it was him and Trevor Lawrence leading the league in interceptions, but he's also then throwing second most touchdowns behind Tom Brady. So you'll take that because that'll outweigh it overall. So no, I think I think he's the guy, I think for all the talk of the being all this pressure on him, from what I've heard from him and read about him, he doesn't really care about the media, the media narrative of it being all out pressure. He's just doing his job. Hannah, now you're gonna leave us next week after overtime and you are gonna head for Los Angeles and you're going to be part of the crew from Sky that's going to be there for the Super Bowl. What are you What are you going to send back to us? What are we going to hear from you? And how do we follow you while you're in Los Angeles for the Super Bowl? Well, I'm very excited. I keep caveating everything going, pending the pre-flight PCR, because that's the world we live in. So for another week to keep avoiding COVID, but you know, touch all the wood. So far, so good. Um, yeah, so I head out a week on Sunday. Um, we'll be doing all sorts out there. It's still sort of fluid, still making plans, but um, we'll be doing lives into Sky Sports News to sort of build up the game all week. You guys are doing a daily edition of Inside the Huddle back at Sky, so we'll be doing interviews for you with that um, and some fun stuff. Me and Brian Baldinger are cooking up some fun things. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we've got this one idea, but if it comes off, it might just be a wonderful television experience. Um, so yeah, inside the huddle will be on the Sky Sports NFL social media channels. Probably be popping up there. You can follow me on Instagram. I'll try and story as much as I can at Hannah J Wilkes. Um, so yeah, so Sky Sports News and the Sky Sports NFL social channels and inside the huddle will be like the place every day to see what we've been up to. And I'll be doing some writing for the website as well. There'll be like a Super Bowl diary of sorts. So, yeah, it should be really fun. <laughs> Very surreal. Still don't quite believe sat in cold dark London that you know 10 days time I could be enjoying some California sunshine but PCR pending well you I, I got a feeling you're going to get it done and we're all looking forward to hearing you 
file your reports every day and following you both uh, on Twitter and every other media platform that you'll be on. Um, you and Kay going to get together out there? I think so. I think that's the plan. I'm not sure when she's out there from yet, but I know she's around Super Bowl Sunday, so we're definitely trying to sort something out there. And we can actually meet in real life rather than just through a screen. And I have already pointed out to our brilliant producer, Greg, that if me and Kay are doing something on camera together, we're going to need to be seated because I am very tall and I believe she is very tiny. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be great if you guys get together because you are truly the first ladies of football, you in the UK and she in the United I States. Try. And, and I try. It's, it's awesome to work with you and it's even more awesome to have you on the show. Thank you very much, Hannah. And again, to all the Rams fans out there, She's going to be just as nervous as you guys are the rest of this weekend. I am dreading the amount of coffee I'm going to drink on Sunday, which isn't going to help the nerves, is it? <laughs> Let's be honest. No. No. Thank you very much, Anna. Thank you. I'm going to go now. All right. If I can figure right. out how. Aloha. Hannah Wilkes. She's a great one. She is a huge Rams fan. Loves her. I did not mean to kick her out there. I kicked her out like three seconds early. I, felt, I feel bad now. Sorry, Hannah. Sorry. I, I fought. It's always the awkward thing when you're producing this. You hit the button early. And, yeah. Well, Michael, I know you got to get in a couple minutes. So let's get some questions or take some comments or whatever. If you can't, I can't see them on my screen. So you're going to have to read them, buddy. I will indeed. Uh, NFL overtime, 9 p.m., Jeff, with you, Hannah. And yeah, uh, M NFL Josh also. Yeah. Is tonight, tonight at 9 o'clock. I think in it's 38 really a minutes, great Jeff. show. It's a uh, great okay. show. Hannah and Josh Denzel. And we're going to look at. Cooper Cup, and we're going to look at Jamar Chase tonight on the Telestrator. Okay, awesome. Happy days. Uh, and obviously, massive thanks to Hannah as well for coming on. Uh, we've got um, so we got loads of comments here, man, right? It's probably good that Hannah's not here because there's so many 49ers comments. Um, <laughs> Paul's saying, unfortunately for Hannah, the Niners, and don't mention the Niners have more fans at the game again. Big smiley face. Uh, Ian Leonard in the UK says, 49ers for me, easy to say as they're my team, but I think Shanahan has the Rams number. Uh, Mark Anderson in the UK is saying 49ers because of our defense. He's a big Sanford fan. Debo Samuel running the ball. Chris McCann, who is in uh, London and Ireland. He's, he's, from, he's from Ireland. Uh, Rams are going to take it, but I think their D-line will crush it. Uh, man, a lot of people are saying the 49ers here. A lot. Shane, Shane Campbell thinks he's from Ireland, though, for a fact. Bengals in the Rams Super Bowl. He, he thinks it'd be, it'd be incredible if the Bengals get there. Uh, Jordan, who's in the UK is saying the following if i can get it back up again i think the super bowl will be the chiefs and rams with the rams winning the entire thing i'm just hoping for the game against the 49ers the stopper doesn't get sacked five times again like the last time against them at the start of january and yeah just a reminder overtime jeff at 9 p.m are you coming on our show tomorrow night for the cracker what's, what's the plan hey you know that i'm a, I'm a regular on your show I, I gotta get on the payroll on your show because i'm gonna tell you something I, i'm on there i I listen to it all the time, so I might as well jump on, right? Yes. Sir. Are you guys going to yes, make sir. a prediction, or are you going to sit on the fence the whole time? Oh, we're we're going to give a prediction tomorrow night for every game. Uh, definitely, oh, go, definitely going to make a prediction. I've, here, I've got time for this question. Don't worry. What coach OC DC? So Fred Flung's really happy that Dan Quinn is staying in Dallas. That's been announced today. Uh, which will have the biggest regret this offseason and why? Uh, he's also saying Chiefs and Rams will be the Super Bowl. I think I oh well I don't want to give out of the way. Well, I think I agree with I, I agree with Fred that it's a big, 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 big get for Jerry to keep Dan Quinn and keep that defense moving in the right direction. Um, 
you know, it's it's really an interesting deal. You see Nathaniel Hackett getting the uh, Broncos job. It's almost like every time it, or most times when a new coach goes into an organization, if they had a defensive head coach before, they go with an offensive guy. And if they had an offensive guy, they go to a defensive guy. I think the one that's fascinating now to watch is what's Brian Dable going to do? Is he going to go to New York? Is he going to go to Miami? You know, he he had experience with Tua as a college player at the University of Alabama. He was an assistant coach at Alabama. And, um, you know, so I think that's a that's a little bit of an intriguing one to watch. I think what the Bears do and, you know, what the Jacksonville Jaguars do, that has turned into a soap opera all of a sudden. Apparently, because, yeah, uh, Vic Fangio has a chance of getting the Jaguars job. Well, That's... Vic Fangio's interviewing, but now it looks like it's turned into a power struggle. Um, Byron Leftwich wants to bring his own personnel guy, and Trent Balky's not having any of that. <laughs> and so that... I think that's going to be a really, really interesting one to watch as we go forward. What Minnesota is going to do. Uh, how about, you know, Leslie Frazier, who's a great football coach that is that last 13 seconds in Buffalo, you know, in, in Kansas City going to cost them a job, mm -hmm. you know, because the reality is it's, it's like the, it's like a beauty contest. All of your all of your body of work can get put on the junk pile because of one bad out one one bad like and yeah and i and it can happen to anybody job as well it doesn't matter if you're in the league 20 30 years or oh i mean seen... sean mcdermott's a, sean mcdermott's a brilliant coach and he's getting he's getting vilified for not managing the game well at the end of the at the end of the game i mean it's just you know you look at the packers right the packers have had unbelievable success Right. I mean, I'm, I'm talking about unbelievable success, but they can't win in the playoffs. So everybody's, you know, nobody wants to hear about what Lafleur's done in the regular season. They want to know what he's done in the playoffs. The same thing with Aaron Rodgers. So, I mean, that's just the reality of it right now. Who's under the biggest, most pressure in these playoffs? Sean McVay, because they, yeah. they mortgaged everything to get here. And Stanley wants his return. The rent is due. I'm talking with Stanley Cronky. Jeff, uh, tell us the crack about the weekend. So obviously Sky Sports Sunday nights. Uh, Jeff, that's going to be a late night. That is going to be a late night. But it's going to be an exciting night. Two great games. What's the what's the plan? What time is going on? Well, again, you know, we'll be there. Uh, I think it's an 8 o'clock kickoff. And, you know, we'll be fired up and ready to go. Baldy will be there. Sean will be there. I'll be there. Neil will be there. We're going to have some special guests when we get to the Super Bowl. Uh, Warren Moon's going to be with us at the Super Bowl. Uh, that'll be a tremendous thrill for me because Warren is not only a uh, NFL Hall of Famer, he's a CFL Hall of Famer and one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever throw the football and a really, really close friend of June Jones, who's a friend of mine. And it'll be fun to be on the same show with him. Uh, and and Baldy will be back. And Baldy, I think, is going to be on the field for us in Los Angeles. So, it's going to be a great, great show. Uh, you know, obviously, every day of Super Bowl week, we'll have a new edition of Inside the Huddle. And, you know, it's just going to keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Busy week, Jeffrey. Busy week. And who knows? Maybe Thomas Morstead could pop into the show. I'm, I'm joking. I said he was Thomas in England. you got, Morstead, man, you got to get him on the show this week. You have to get him on the show this week. Come on. Yes. Did you see what he did today? I see. I seen this tweet. I seen this tweet. Man, you got to get him on the show this weekend. Text Neil. Get him on for the crack. That'd be fantastic. Well, this weekend. all right. Now this is this is it. 
people don't know how bad my eyes are. This is how bad my eyes are. So I've come out of sky today and I get in the car to come back to the hotel and I see this message about there's a lot of coffee shops in London. I, I want to meet Jeff Reibel and I can't read. I can't make out the name who the person is. So I don't oh, know no. it's Thomas. Oh no. I swear. I swear. I didn't even know it was Thomas. <laughs> so finally I get up to my I get up to my room and I can, you know, I can look at the thing. And it's like, oh my God, Thomas is in London. He's here with his he, so I so I DM'd him. He's here with his daughters. He's got three girls. He's there with the girls. Uh his son and his wife are are back home. Uh, you know, he's gonna see his family. His parents live here now in London. Gonna see the family, but we're gonna hook up with him this weekend and we will get Thomas on the show live. Thomas Morstead, one of the all-time great punters in NFL history. Monday night will be is this, live is this happening? on Coffee with Coach, huh? Is this happening on Monday night? I was actually watching last night the onside kick. I was watching it and I seen his reaction. He was it's just funny watching the back there after he's been, like, I, I remember he came on your show the night before the London game or the night before, like or the night he just landed. He seems like a great guy, a great, great family man, and it's fantastic to see him going from New Orleans to the Jets to to the Falcons. And we have we've been on here an hour, and we haven't talked about Sean Payton. There's so many things we could talk about, Jeff. But uh, I'm definitely looking forward to this weekend, definitely. And I'm, I don't do. want you to give away your picks yet. Don't worry, just keep your picks. I, I know it's it's important for TV, but uh, it's going to be good, Jeff. And uh, yeah, man, appreciate the time and thanks for everyone's comments as well. I'll keep my picks, and we'll talk about Sean Payton when we're on your show. Because I have, That's I have some plan. recollection. I have, a, I have a recollection of Sean Payton when he was a young coach, and it's actually kind of a funny story. It's kind of a cute story. I don't know what time Jeff's on tomorrow night because we are still to interview two more people, and I will confirm that time with Jeff very, very soon. Maybe a truthfully our time, but Jeff, obviously, as always, appreciate you coming on the show. Just finally, just to remind everyone, Jeff's in Dublin next weekend. There's already loads of people going to this. It's a workshop for and fans as well. If you like the the season starting in AFI at the end of March. Uh, I know every club is hoping to be represented in Ireland. Uh, pop on down. We should have the location uh, announced, if not tomorrow, hopefully by Monday. But that's definitely happened. Jeff's tickets have been booked. I'm picking them up from the airport next football, Saturday. So. If you're a fan of football, if you want to help football grow in Ireland, or if you're a fan of Magic Mike, you better get down to that Magic. show because Mike will be available for pictures. Mike will be sitting at the very back, just sitting, watching, and and, and listening to what I'm sure will be a, will be an expert workshop. In all seriousness, you know, hey, uh, let's now just I have no idea what kind of space we're going to have, how much room we're mm. going to have, but I really want this to be an interactive thing. So I'm encouraging fans to come, ready to move around and ready, loaded with questions because we're we're I'm, we're going to have a question and answer, and hopefully it'll be a lot of fun. Hopefully everyone that goes as well, Jeff. I'm just saying this for you know contractual terms. Uh, please, folks, take a lateral flow test before you go. Please abide to HSE, HSE, and NHS guidelines if you're flying over. But it's definitely happening. We'll have more on that on Monday night. Hopefully, please God. And Jeff, I I will see you then and enjoy this weekend. I'm excited for Sunday. It's the last Sunday night of the year. Watching the game at a late time. Um, so I'm excited and uh, see you then. Man. Thanks so much. You're not only excited, you are the best. I appreciate you, brother. You are, man. See you later. Mahalo, mahalo. Yeah.